And this one, Alexis, I like to compare it. It's it's akin to the Bluefoot series. Oh, uh, you got a little bit of every, everything here. Uh, you have a dysfunctional family. They're mean girls dressed in the same color. And there's a lot of trauma. It's a cinematic Bluefoot series. Yeah. All right. What, what was it? What did we watch this week? This week, we tuned into A Girl Like Grace, available to stream on Netflix, starring Ryan Destiny, playing the lead character of Grace. All right. Let's start the show. Hey, I'm Lex. Hey, y'all. I'm Sid. And this is The New Chitlin Circuit. We review indie, low-budget, and direct-to-TV black films. Uh, just a quick trigger warning for the listeners. This movie's pretty graphic. There's gonna, there's a lot of talks and depictions of sexual abuse, uh, general physical abuse as well. It's a bit heavy, so if you don't want to hear about those topics, I get it. Go ahead and listen to something fun and light. <laughs> um, come back with us next week, of course. All righty. So let's play some unofficial bills here. So this week's 60 second challenge is as always brought to you, our gracious listener by you, that same listener. Uh, while we got you here, make sure you like and subscribe as well as leave a comment. Let us know what you think about the show and share this episode and some of your favorites with friends and family. So, all right, Alexis, you ready? Let's get into the 60 second challenge this week. All right, 60 seconds to describe the plot of A Girl Like Grace. Girl like Grace. Yes. All right, All right. I, I hope so. This is two weeks in a row I haven't done it. I, I went over 60 seconds. Yeah, and if you don't get it this week, I mean, you're through in the streets. It's curtains for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to start it now. Okay, so Grace is a troubled poor teen living in i believe mississippi with mm -hmm. her mom um who is a what i think the movie wants me to believe just a loose unvirtuous woman <laughs> and mm -hmm. grace has trouble at school people think she gay her friend died um uh, her friend died of suicide the summer before school started uh, her senior year and grace is just mixing in with some people maybe she shouldn't be mixing in with and sis is traumatized that trauma is coming out a lot of ways um damaged relationships hypersexuality grace is on a weird long odd path mm -hmm. and she's spending most of her time doing that instead of doing school <laughs> yeah and that is this movie how do I do? Seven, seven seconds left. You have redeemed oh. yourself. Uh, I'm going to call off the goons and let them know we good. Uh, <laughs> we good. Thank you. Ain't nobody, yeah, nobody going to come knocking on your door. So. It okay. feels good to break that bad streak because I was feeling bad. Because <laughs> one more week, I was going to have to find a new co-host. It was going to be bad for you. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we don't got to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, Sydney, I have to ask you, mm -hmm. what did you think of this movie, A Girl Like Grace, which is available on Netflix? I watched it Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah. My very first thought, um, I looked at the director and I also saw that he starred in the movie and I recognized him immediately from a movie that traumatized me as a kid. Uh, <laughs> don't Look Under the Bed, a Disney Channel original. And I said to myself, oh, hell no. The Boogeyman wrote this movie. I, mm -hmm. And that's when I knew from there, this is probably not something I should be watching. And you know what, Alexis? I was right. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, 
this movie, it had just it had too much going on. I think for me, it wasn't very clear what they were trying to, like what they wanted me, the viewer, to take from this film. I think a lot of it, people were, I think the writing was trying too hard. It it wasn't like a cohesive story for me. They were just kind of like over exaggerating so many things that do happen in real life, but none of it seemed natural. Um, so mm-hmm. there, there were some scenes that we can go through. We'll go through later that, uh, that stuck out, but overall this movie kind of left me confused. And so, yeah. What did you think overall? What were your general thoughts? Did you hear the breath? Did I heard, you hear my I said sigh? The, the very long sigh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I have to say something, Sydney. I mm-hmm. and listeners, you guys are here with me, and I want to let's let's huddle together really quick. But I have because I have to say something. I've never had to say on this show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I hated it. Ooh. I hated it, yeah. and. I haven't felt this way about a, a movie, a black movie, because mm-hmm. frequently I watch white movies and I be like, "Bro, y'all tripping." Yeah. <laughs> I be like, Bro, "White people are crazy," and then I just <laughs> shut it off. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I haven't felt this way about a black movie um, since I watched uh, Detroit. You remember that movie with John Boyega oh, and that white yeah. boy with the eyebrows? That movie was horrible. Yeah, I, never I, I had the misfortune of watching it in theaters and you know I won't walk out of a movie in theaters because <laughs> you're cheap and you didn't pay for it I'm cheap shit I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> you remember we went to see that bad uh was that Matt Damon in that movie about downsizing oh, that damn downsizing yeah oh that movie was so we bad. shouldn't have never saw that we but should, I sat there two and, and a half like, hours Taking it to the man on capitalism. No, 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 no. That Mm-mm. movie just it's weird went ass left. fucking movie. It's weird as hell. Yeah. And the reason I'm invoking the name of two of the worst movies I've seen in the past five years, Downsizing mm-hmm. and Detroit, is because this movie made me feel that way. And mm. I there are several reasons which we'll get into later, but the main <laughs> reason why I feel this way is that the movie it traded in trauma. Not just trauma inflicted upon the main character, but trauma now having to be inflicted on me in my eyes. Um, it, it was very uncareful um, and irresponsible. Yeah, and that's the, exactly why I hated the movie Detroit because the difference between showing some showing a main character who life is really fucking over like a main character who just can't can't get right um is there's a way to do that like i can sit down and watch precious even though mm-hmm. precious's life is terrible perhaps worse than grace's life yeah it is for sure no for sure definitely but but i can watch that because yeah. what we're getting at the end of that movie is a character who changes and grows and like in a positive mm-hmm. way toward the end of the movie mm-hmm. and it's worthwhile there are saviors in the movie there are people who it, it it's a decent allegory about life in the world yeah this yeah. movie traded trauma for fucking nothing and let's not forget miss monique she yeah, yeah and this movie didn't have Monique. So. <laughs> but 
this movie traded trauma for nothing. We got nothing for it. And that's exactly what happened in the Detroit movie because mm-hmm. that story, that historical story that that movie told after I had to watch two hours of black people getting shot yeah. over and over again, the story isn't even true. They don't even have all the facts. It was, they, saw, they told that story and made me sit through that for no fucking reason. That's the same mm. thing that these filmmakers did with this movie. And I don't, I, I can't imagine another movie we can watch that can make me feel this way. So this is the first one on the record. Lex fucking hates this movie and let's discuss it. <laughs> let's discuss it. No, yeah, let's get into it. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Nothing about this movie. I, I enjoy, I didn't enjoy anything about it really, except I'm a fan of Ryan destiny. So that's what kept me watching. I think she carried the movie, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, this I just thought they went too far. And and it was really irresponsible, similar to how like 13 Reasons Why goes too damn far a lot of the time. And I'm like, look, it was only one book anyway, and now y'all doing the most. Like, we don't have to mm-hmm. see this. It's you don't have to show people this because we know it's happening. And you you're traumatizing the viewer. And I don't yeah. I didn't I, I didn't it's need trauma that. porn. Yeah, it is. It really is. And I, yeah, it it wasn't necessary, and I think they, I feel like they thought, and I read a few reviews too, because um, a lot of people do feel the same way as we do. I think they thought oh, this good. would come off as how uh, like Precious did, and how that movie was like, you know, they really did like it was in the streets and it was gritty and it was about this young girl trying to find herself and this very hard life that she's in, but still growing in that and seeing where she can go later on. But this didn't really mm-hmm. give you that. It just showed me that like no. this, this young girl's life is really, really hard and it continues to get worse and worse and worse. And you're just showing it to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it starts out from scene number damn one, where we have to see a young Grace, a, a mm-hmm. young actress uh, paying her as a smaller child, um, listening to her mom get like, beat the hell up by yeah. one of her I think that was her dad actually it That's wasn't her, her mom's boyfriend that was her yeah. daddy yeah and it's one thing to hear it from the other room that is just enough it sets the mm-hmm. tone it sets the stakes but we have to then see the man hitting this hitting Garcelle Bovey's character mm-hmm. and that was unnecessary holy and I started yeah. with that <laughs> yeah it but even with that I said okay I guess they're just trying to show us like this this home is very dysfunctional and she's going through a lot, you know, back home. But then it just continues to grow, right? So it, they they leave nothing for us to kind of uh, imagine in, you know, movies or like nothing for us to just assume that's happening, which what good storytelling does, right? So we see this happening mm-hmm. in the opening scene. We don't have to keep seeing the same thing happening throughout the movie to let us know that Grace's home life is bad we know that already we get it you could have showed me the exterior of that fucking trailer and i would have yeah. got that you didn't need yeah. to show me all of that yeah like or her mom's the bloody of the face trailer. right and then we just hear the fighting from outside the trailer because that's that yeah that, that could be heard um yeah and you know what we're what we're pointing out right now sydney is, is mm. anybody you this could be the first movie you ever seen ever and you would mm-hmm. know that this is bad um but <laughs> What what we're pointing out actually is the director is the problem here. And the director made this movie terrible. What was a mediocre screenplay and had a decent, actually a pretty good team, a pretty good cast and crew. 
because yeah, the DP, yeah. the cinematographer did a decent job. The shots were nice in this movie, but the director was terrible. And this is, if anybody's confused on the difference between a cinematographer <laughs> and director, this mm-hmm. is what shows you. It looks nice, some of it, but the way the director is in charge of how, how a scene is set up, what the actors do and how the information written in the script that the audience needs to get in this scene, how that information is given to the audience. And the Mm -hmm. director had no fucking clue how to do that. So he just gave us everything and everything included seeing women get abused for 90 minutes. Yeah. I'm upset. (laughs) I'm so upset. It was worthless. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Uh, So let's just talk about Grace and who she is, right? So we see, Grace has mm-hmm. this very dysfunctional home life. Uh, we mentioned already her mother has been in a string of abusive relationships with Grace's father, but now she, I guess, is supposed to be like, what'd you say earlier? Loose and unvirtuous. And we get that. She yeah, has men, she's supposed to be a Jezebel. A, yeah, a Jezebel coming in and out the house. And Grace seems just like a very just like meek and shy person who has very little friends. We find out her one friend she has had in life recently committed suicide uh like the summer before their senior year in school and now she's going back to school but she's been bullied this entire time and her only saving quote-unquote grace a girl like grace was her best friend being there with her and now she has lost that person who's meant everything to her in the world because her mama ain't shit daddy ain't shit and the people at school ain't shit either and she has to face now i want to talk about the best friend yeah so Let's, this is probably the next scene where we really figure out we're about 15 minutes into the movie and we're figuring out like when in the school announcement, the principal says, you know, we've experienced a tragedy, a tragedy with one of our students over the summer. And mm-hmm. it's hinted at that it was a suicide. So you're like, oh, I'm literally at this point of the movie. I'm like, OK, it's a bit heavy handed, but let's see where this goes. Right. I don't like I don't I didn't. I hate the movie until well into the movie. So it, mm-hmm. I was justified. <laughs> so, um. After the director who has inserted himself into this movie as a character, as a high schooler, even though the man is 35 when this movie was filmed and it's not, he's not, he doesn't have a Bianca Lawson thing going on. No. Yeah. (laughs) He looks 35. And so he has inserted himself as a TA, never seen a high school have a TA. Um, And he is supposed to be. He was Grace's friend along with the girl who is now deceased as well. And what's mm-hmm. anyway, after they're out of the school, they're talking about it. And that's when it's revealed to me, the audience, that the girl was gay and everybody thinks her and Grace was gay for each other. And yeah. I'm expecting the flashbacks to continue to unfold the nature of their relationship, but it is still inconclusive as to whether they was truly gay or not. Well, the girl I, I was, never, but is the Grace. Girl was, but is Grace gay? I thought the movie was saying a girl like Grace is like a girl like Grace. Is she gay? That's what I thought. Like yeah. this girl is like, that's what I thought it was a play on words for, but I don't really know if that's the case or not. <laughs> exactly. And, and truthfully, I think the answer is not because like, Clearly the undertones of the movie, because the movie, Mm -hmm. by the time we're like in the last act of the movie, it's clearly very uh, after school program ish. Like it's very preachy, except it's not saying a damn thing. Pay attention to your kids school lives because this is what's happening in these high schools. And it was a lot of that, like a PSA that just doesn't go far and just makes people not want to listen. 
Precisely. Precisely. And the the number one, the cornerstone of how you can tell a movie is preachy is if the filmmakers in the movie, it's already, I mean, you know, and they have positioned themselves as as a <laughs> as a savior in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how you yeah. know it's preachy. And that's how mm. you know that the the moral or whatever the hell we're supposed to be getting out of this movie mm-hmm. is probably tainted by this person's own personal agenda which right. ty hodges apparently is that his name ty hodges, right? that's, ty hodges that's the big yeah. man that's him he's uh also a gospel singer apparently do you know what alexis that that put a lot of things in line for me just now it makes sense mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. it makes mm-hmm. sense because everything was so overhyped just like you know how when you go to church and if you're not a quote-unquote virtuous woman it's just they 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 have virtuous women seminars mm-hmm. and it's all just so overemphasized and just like sin is literally your scarlet letter. It's so much. This movie was that. It was too like even Garcelle's character, she was so over like all of her terrible parenting, it was just it was too much. <laughs> like she's over. She was a floozy. I can't there's yeah. no other word other than floozy. <laughs> she's just you know, we it. talked about this. We talked about this in I'm in love with a church girl where Mm. this is what Christian filmmaking always is. The stakes are always death and the essential sin is always sex. The concept of like just developing yourself as a person and it not being about sex and death is just Mm -hmm. foreign to these folks. They don't know anything else. Everything Mm. is sex and death. (laughs) It's absurd. (laughs) That's that's lunacy. It's true. Yeah, that's true. I if we're gonna talk about uh, just casting for a second, how Ty Hodges was clearly a thirty-five year old man playing an eighteen, nineteen year old TA at this high school. Let's mm-hmm. let's continue on this path. Raven Simone is in this movie as well, and she is a high schooler. Raven Simone was in her thirties when this movie came out, and she looks like a grown adult that's too old to be in high school. Um, Raven she- looks grown as hell. <laughs> <laughs> this is and not also, Raven Baxter. Yeah. And especially when you have it's one thing when you hire like when you cast everybody a little older, like Teen mm-hmm. Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Save the Last Dance. Right. <laughs> but when your lead high school girl actually like is a high, a high school girl. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't surround her with with people who who clearly have mortgages that's yeah. crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah mortgages that's, and you're yeah. being crazy you, you you really can't uh and i'll give romeo the benefit of the doubt just because he has a younger face i guess but he too did not look like a high schooler in this movie uh i think it was a disservice i i feel like the reason they cast uh, Raven and Romeo was obviously to have some big names and for people to tune in and watch, but it just did the movie a, a huge disservice. It it makes it that much more ridiculous, honestly, because why the hell is Raven and these grown-ass girls following her and this mean girl's plastics-like click? They wear these pink vests everywhere they go and that blue eyeshadow. Yeah. That's what I'm really mad about. The little, that damn blue with the collars popped up. Them little jackets <laughs> that we used to wear. Them little crop jackets with elastic around the bottom we used to wear in like 2009. How many of them right. did you have? I had like three. It was all plaid, had, different plaids. I had a few. Um, yeah, I probably had like three too. And I stopped wearing it. 
because Courtney, my sister, uh, had some very, very harsh words for me. One day I was she didn't not think it was cute. It. No, she did not. And when you're when your little sister tells you that, it just kind of stings a little bit more because you're supposed to be the one who knows what's hot and what's no, not. No, you're supposed to be the cool one. Yeah, the cool one. <laughs> so I, I I didn't wear one since that month. I have like haven't even thought about wearing one or looking at something like Damn. that in that style again. So shout out to Courtney, I guess, for one hurting my feelings, but two upping my style yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. And if Courtney sounds like a wonderful, charming character, who she is, go back and listen to our Fatal Affair episode where Courtney actually was the guest on that episode. Was that was a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's get back to this mess. Um, so what me, what I realize you and me are talking about right now is actually the the scene where they're in gym class, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in a gym. I guess yeah. this is gym class. Um, and the plastics i don't know what raven and her click are called <laughs> I, I, they never gave them a name they're just supposed to be like the devil and her disciples i don't know clearly like... demons they're just demons Demon. and yeah. they're doing this weird ass cheer routine talking about pop that cherry or some shit like that oh, yeah, yeah yeah and all these grown-ass women who are supposed to be playing high schoolers are yeah. just doing this weird thing in like wedge heels and ankle boots. And I don't get it. Raven had on thigh it. highs. Yeah. At the schoolhouse. I don't know school. why he does that. That's nobody does that. And then Romeo comes in to flirt with her, to flirt with grace on the mm-hmm. basketball court. Cause for some reason he is interested in her, even though the production designer who did a decent job in this movie kept her in wrinkled flannel and ashy lips, the whole, episode, <laughs> the whole movie, <laughs> her lips was ashy, the whole movie, which was good character. Like, <laughs> I mean, it showed that she, her family didn't cover a lot of money and she did live in a trailer park. So I guess, it was on brand, but damn, you ain't had to say her lips was ashy. Her lips was ashy the whole time, Sydney. <laughs> but for some reason, Romeo was really interested in her and came up to flirt with her in this scene. And I have something else I need to say. And I don't feel good about it because this is negative. And <laughs> not about this movie. I can give a fuck about this movie. Uh-huh. But Romeo is my least favorite black actor. <laughs> <laughs> And y'all heard y'all. I know y'all are diligent and loyal listeners. So I know y'all heard the um, love jacked episode where I talked Mm -hmm. about lyric bent and the way I feel about lyric bent. Yeah. But lyric bent can act. I just don't like him personally. (laughs) Like I just wouldn't want to share an elevator. We can't figure out why we don't like lyric bent, but I, I, I something there just, I just don't like him. (laughs) I've never met the man. I I just don't like him. Yeah. But he's a fine actor. Like, he's not a bad actor. Romeo, however, I would go out and have dinner with him. Like, I would invite him to a dinner party, but I would never cast Romeo. Unless it's for like a not, unless he's playing himself. Unless it's like Romeo as Romeo Miller. <laughs> he's so bad. <laughs> and granted, this is five, this is five years ago. So maybe Romeo, I just really hope for God's mm. sake he takes some acting classes because yeah, I think he has some When potential. did um, Brotherly Love come out with Kiki Palmer and Corey Hardrick? Romeo was in that. Ooh, that was dude. the same year. It was same 2015. Year? Oh, damn, mm-hmm. that movie's that old? I didn't realize that. Yeah, because I didn't like him in that. It year. might be older. Mm, it probably did come out in 2014, 2015. Yeah, you're right. Cause I didn't really like him in that. I liked him in yeah. the Romeo show, but that's because he was playing a version of himself. 
Yeah, he was just Romeo. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, I didn't like that. And then in that same scene, so what's the, what was the TA nigga's name? The director in the movie? Uh, what, was his, uh, what was the name of his character? Matt. Matt? Yeah. Matt. Matt. Mm-hmm is in there mixing with the kids in the locker room. That was just weird. I don't feel the movie addressed enough how weird it is to have somebody who graduated already come Mm -hmm. back to the school a year after they graduate. Not the summer after they graduate. A year after they graduate and be teaching and mingling with the kids in the bathroom. That's fucking weird. First of all, because you can't do In any like high school an actual high school setting like in most cases Teachers and students have different bathroom schedules. Let's say that. So, like, I've never washed my hands at the same sink that ever. a teacher washed. That's never occurred. Never, never, ever. Like, I don't even. I think I don't even know when teachers go to the bathroom. Please enlighten us. Any teachers listen to this? Because from what I recall, like, uh, we would try and go in between like class changes and stuff, but it wasn't enough time for real. So I really would just get a pass when I would get to like uh, the classroom or whatever, and then just go like the first few minutes of class. But like. When mm-hmm. do teachers go to the bathroom? I guess when we have like our little lunch breaks and they don't got nobody in their class for 30 minutes. Is that when they do what they well, got? Well, a lot of teachers got lunch duty. So, I mean, oh, either yeah. in a planning period where they don't have a class. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, your teacher would get up and be like, uh, you take names. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That would happen too. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of But they always in- walk to the teacher's lounge. Yeah, they did. They never use our little funky bathrooms. And I will say, too, that mm-hmm. scene got on my nerves a lot because when Romeo was using the bathroom, we had on gloves, fingerless gloves. And I kept yep. saying, yep. how the hell is he going to wash his hands? He's standing by the sink. They're having this he heated conversation. <laughs> he never washed them. <laughs> and, Sydney, now you understand how critical it is for a director to know what the fuck they're doing. Because yeah. at the moment I saw that, that's when I – this is probably about 15 – 15, 20 minutes into the movie. And the moment I saw that, I said, okay, that's a weird choice. Why would you choose to include him? Why would you choose to show us like a front lateral? Like Mm -hmm. we can kind of see the front of like the side of his shoulder of him using a urinal. Bad choice. This this doesn't help us. Like, like, why didn't you just show him in the background and we can hear his voice and we see his friend at the sink? Like, why would you choose to include this? Yeah, this Weird. doesn't. You're giving us the wrong information. I don't need mm-hmm. to see him piss. Right. Weird. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. <laughs> the, 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 the guy doesn't know what he's doing in this movie, and I hope he's gotten better. Because once again, I love black indies, so I mm-hmm. want to see them be made, and I can excuse like production constraints if yep. the wigs are weird. I can get over it if the audio's weird. It's mm-hmm. hard for me to get over that, but I can, you know, mm-hmm. if the, if the director is getting a little loose with the, well, not the, if the DP is getting loose with the angles and with stuff, and it's kind of wacky. Yeah. 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 I can get over that. Have some fun, you know, hmm. fuck the camera up, have some fun, but I can't, this movie, the directing choices spiral from weird, like showing us Romeo peeing while having fingerless gloves on. Weird. All the way to irresponsible, which happens mm. later in the movie. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say? I was just going to say, I'm looking at his uh, directing credits, and he also did the Bobby Christina TV movie. And no, that, yeah. <laughs> um, if anyone no. has seen that, I watched it, 
and yeah so that wasn't that that wasn't wasn't good good. it wasn't oh man well (sighs) it's quiet and that was after this yeah, it was two years. It's after. literally quiet. It's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only bitches on the show, and it's quiet. <laughs> it's quiet for you. <sighs> I'm so well. Mm. Yeah. So here's the thing. Usually, at this point, after we talk, because we've talked about the first two or three scenes, mm-hmm. and typically at this point is where you get premise you understand what the protagonist is trying to perceive not perceive, right. trying to achieve mm-hmm. we can't provide you with that information nope. here because we don't know it we was never, never given out. to us yeah and this has the same exact problem that john henry had where mm. we're getting fucking a third of the movie is a flashback yeah. Like a third, a third of the <laughs> runtime is flashbacks. And uh-huh. instead of giving us, it, it, the movie spends more time trying to reveal to us what happened in the past, but what happened in the past has no influence and provides no context with what's going on now right. because nothing's going on now. <laughs> now. <laughs> Nothing meaningful anyway. Yeah. What the fuck? So, I mean, at this point she's running around with Megan Good, who is gorgeous. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Girl, you are doing it. Look you at you, queen. Constantly <laughs> raising the bar. Raising the bar. <laughs> Damn, you look good, girl. I ain't, I ain't gonna shoot my shot because I know you're a married Christian woman. But I, was gonna say, he's a Christian. I appreciate you. I'm not trying to upset Devon. <laughs> but yeah, she's running around with Megan Good, and they're just doing like Megan Good is clearly supposed to be a bad seed, another Jezebel. Um, yeah. But she's taking yeah. Grace under her wing because Grace's best friend, who is now deceased, was is Megan Good's little sister, and I guess they're both coping with their grief together by being reckless. Uh, Megan Good is having sex with people, and she is drinking and smoking, and Grace is along for the ride. And eventually, we see her doing the same thing. But what's crazy is that in the flashbacks, she is drinking and smoking. With 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 the best with friend. the best friend, so it's not yeah. like the drinking and smoking is new, and that Megan Good is corrupting her. Like she hadn't had sex yet, but truthfully, mm-hmm. it's not because Grace was above that. She just hadn't got around to it because people right. didn't talk to her because she was weird. She was weird. <laughs> she was <laughs> she was ready to get to the nasty. She like it's not like Megan Good corrupted her. <laughs> so that character arc doesn't even fucking work. You know, I will give it to. I will give it to the production designer because, which is confusing in the story because they keep Grace in flannel the whole they, movie the whole except movie. for when she, <laughs> which is it cues it cues lesbianism when you see flannel plaid you go oh, okay we got a dyke, but the movie's unclear about whether she's gay or not and then when she becomes all loose and wild with Megan Good she starts dressing whorish and. <laughs> When the bad stuff happens to her, she goes back to the flannel. So the production designer had it right, except mm-hmm. it wasn't telling the story truthfully because the story doesn't exist. Right. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm being very mean. <laughs> 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 this is like 
I, I mean, you're you're this is like a Yala Van Zandt level of just like storytelling and why something <laughs> is not good and why it should be another way. Um, I applaud you, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we watch movies, you know, when you watch a movie and it's just a little bit off, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just. My bad, I knocked my mic. It's just a little bit off. And I get mm-hmm. scared because I want to make a movie one day. And it's it's scary to be like, like not know what makes a movie feel off until yeah. it's finished, until it's already done with post and you have released it. And now some bitch with a podcast is talking <laughs> about it. Like, and you don't even realize we're the bitch it, with the podcast. Me. Yeah. That's us. <laughs> um, <laughs> until we become the bitches who made the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But like, no, as I'm learning and reading more and frankly, just watching more movies. No, I feel pretty safe that I'd never make no shit like this because these are choices. No, <laughs> these are choices. <laughs> that were made, But also, I, I'm, I'm going to say it because I don't, I think if, if you're going to go out there and try and make a, a movie about a black girl that is a coming of age story tale and that centers that black girl's life. And you are not a black woman who's trying to make this story. You need to have someone very close to it trying to help you out. Because this black guy Ty Hodges, he didn't know what the hell he was doing at all. And the writer, he don't know what the hell he's doing. I think the writer is a man too. Like you, you need that perspective mm-hmm. if you're going to write this kind of. Story. Ty Hodges wrote this. He co-wrote this with he another man. It. Okay, yeah, because who? Yeah, who? Who else can tell you better about the troubles of an adolescent black teen, black girl teen? than someone who has been an adolescent black girl teen. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the the telltale sign of a man writing a story about a woman and her sexuality is mm-hmm. number one, desire. It, it, that's always how you can tell that a man wrote it. Yeah. They never get desire right. In this movie, yeah. Oh, yeah, her mama who has a ton of sex. Uh-huh. Huh? I was her mama. Yeah. Oh go no, ahead, you go, go ahead. ahead. That's gonna be good. No, no, no. I, I think we're on the same page, though. Like, her mom, who does have a ton of sex, when they show the sex scenes, they show it from this weird perspective. So it's like mm-hmm. her mom looking down at this man giving her head. But I it, it I guess he, she's supposed to be, like, sexy and into it, but it's just really uncomfortable. Nothing about it yeah. is, like, good. And it's, now, okay, now it's just getting mean, Lex. I was gonna say, it starts to make me think if Ty Hodges, the, the way this movie portray, portrays sex, it starts to make me question if Ty Hodges enjoys sex. Like, this is not a movie, like, this, the way Jenna Prince-Bythewood made that scene with Maxwell, <laughs> that's someone who has had loving sex, and it's someone who has had awkward sex, because that scene was both. Both. Huh? <laughs> yeah. This movie Sex is there. If I was an alien, <laughs> or if I was like just a different species of animal or something, and mm-hmm. this was the movie I learned about human sex from, mm-hmm. I would be like, "Yo, man, why did they the do fuck? that? This looks awful. <laughs> what? Like nothing about sex looks nice. Like this yeah. looks really unpleasant. Bad. Even when Gra- we yeah. see Grace when she first has sex with Romeo." And they on the beach, but it looks like they land on some concrete. I, I sure, I guess that's the yeah. scene to set it up like that. But I mean, I I think Romeo and Ryan tried to make that seem believable. You know, they making out. He's rubbing all up on yeah. like her thigh and her leg and stuff. Okay, sure, you know, opening act before we get to the do. 
But then, like, he, he like, throws a condom out and it just kind of, like, lays on her, like, her ponytail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Sydney, that is direction. That is not... <laughs> The script doesn't say then Romeo, then then whatever that nigga's Jason throws yeah. the condom on. No, the director tells the actor how to do the thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. All yeah. that's in the script is bare action bare action notes uh-huh. and dialogue and yeah. of course scene setting and stuff. The mm-hmm. director is who's responsible for telling for sh- for instructing the actors on how to convey this. Ty Hodges was not a did not serve as a good director in this movie. I won't write him off and say he's bad at his work because everybody can produce something good. This Mm -hmm. was not his something good. Good, yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll have better luck uh, in future filmmaking, but that just wasn't it. Yeah, Um, I will just say one thing. Yeah, one thing I did like about the movie that I thought was acted out well uh, was when Ryan. Wait a minute. um, Huh? 40 minutes in, we got to a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're 40 minutes into the episode. Okay, one thing I did like uh, that I wanted to make sure I took note of and mentioned. Uh, so when Grace is finally invited to a party that she goes to with her friend's older sister who was not in high school. This is a high school party. And she bumps into Jason. This grown-ass woman. Yeah, but like that first time, you know, you, you go to a party and you dance with a boy that you think is cute and you like, and he like you too. And it's a little awkward because you don't really know how you're going to get in the groove of things together. But once you do, it's lovely and magical and you're having a great time. I thought that was mm-hmm. acted out great between uh, Grace and Vincent, <laughs> Ryan and Romeo's characters. That that was nice to see. And that that reminded me of teenage yeah. them and having that moment. But like, that's all I got for yeah. you. Yeah. That was nice. And honestly, just the sheer power of seeing Ryan Destiny um, on screen, especially mm-hmm. in the role of a teenage girl, just makes me... I. That's probably the best casting decision the movie made because yeah, seeing yeah. Ryan Destiny on screen makes me feel like I relate just already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in the midst of that... We're we're following even though the movie is called A Girl Like Grace, we're not actually building on Grace. any true character <laughs> journey. Um, we're getting a lot of information about other characters, mm-hmm. like her mom, who mm-hmm. in this movie, this is not, this is where, you know, just a reiteration of the trigger warning um that I said earlier. This is so she goes out on a date and then the man comes over and there's like an inconclusive what I what seems like a rape scene yeah. and yeah. didn't need to be there because the man I forgot his name he doesn't come up again he, yeah he does and the mom doesn't mention yeah. it again and I it was really unclear like to me like there was no consent there because mm-hmm. in the Romeo scene they're like you know Grace nodded her head and was like yeah, right. yeah put the condom on let's do this thing boy right 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 so so clearly this was supposed to show us that the mom was sexually assaulted but Mm -hmm. why why did we see that because that's what happens when you're a jezebel you just let all these men in your house and then eventually it happens that's that's why it happens (laughs) that's what the movie is trying to tell us alexis if you can tell (laughs) if you're loose then bad things happen to you that's what it's trying to say and it's bad. You know, that and that, is, that's not the case. <laughs> it's not the case at all. Not Look at me. Case. I've been loose for years. 
<laughs> I'm not playing. <laughs> okay. Um, and then this is doubled down on because mm. what the note that I have is when 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 Romeo was peeing in the bathroom that's when i mm-hmm. started questioning the direction of the movie yeah like the director's choices when we see this questionable weird rape scene that's when i decided that the directing was bad because it wasn't necessary Fair. the scene wasn't necessary yeah. didn't move the story forward mm-hmm. there was no reason to include it um and if the story needed that and if it appeared a different way on paper there was yeah. no reason for us to see it i agree i agree yeah and so after grace has consensual sex with romeo's character on the beach there's yeah. fallout because he does the teenage boy thing and tells everybody oh, and everybody. now she's a beach hoe or yeah. hoe in the sand what was they calling her they was calling i think they called her a hoe in the sand and they stuffed her locker with sand oh yeah it's terrible. terrible, which is odd. I would like to, I would like to know how, what the, like, what high schoolers think about that nowadays. Cause I remember, you know, when I, when we were in high school, it was mm-hmm. still taboo to like suck a guy's dick. Cause we're black. Like my white friend, I had one white friend in high school. Mm-hmm. She went to a different school, a white school. <laughs> and <laughs> When she says, yeah, I like hooked up with a guy, like to me, I'm like, you know, so you made out? And she's like, no, yeah. like, you know, I blew him. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <Squeeze> like, <laughs> Girl, you did what? <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, to white people, that's normal. But like, and when I, you know, when we were in high school, I were like, sucking dick was still a little taboo. You do it if that's your boyfriend or whatever, but mm-hmm. like, you can't, you, that's, quote that'll get you called a hoe in the hallway yeah, but having sex behavior. yeah yeah back then but mm-hmm. having sex wasn't really it just depends on like if you you know if you did it with a lot of boys then mm-hmm. maybe but that right. also depended on it was dependent on how you looked to be honest because like if that you too. yeah if people perceived you as a sloppy girl then you'd get it worse than a girl who like has had the same amount of sexual partners. Right, so right. what do you remember it being? I, I'd say about the same. Like, I don't remember a whole lot of like, like I remember girls that were perceived to be like hoes in high school. And I think a lot of it was probably actually, yeah, it probably was based on how they looked. And there were girls that we all knew of. Like I wasn't like, I was in a band. So like everybody mm-hmm. know what the band kids are doing on the band. Everybody but, nasty in the band. Everybody nasty yeah. in the band. Like it was just it was a lot. And but you know, you'd see like people around the school, like there were there were girls in my high school who got pregnant and they would still come to school and it was mm-hmm. like that happened. But I do remember some some slut shaming going on and a lot of it was based on that girl's looks and if she wasn't you know, what people thought to be quote unquote put together or just like mm-hmm. what the idyllic uh, teenage girl is supposed to be like, then that yeah. girl was labeled a hoe. Like, and it was yeah. very tied to colorism and class as well. Oh, color- like, yeah. It was very yeah. tied to that. For sure. Yeah. You know, 
But I wonder how the kids think about it now. Because when I watch movies like uh, Booksmart mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, whatever those, like Lady Bird or whatever, yeah. the kids are different. Like high school is different now. It is. You know? <laughs> it is. And I would like to know if our like feminist sex positive uh, culture like all those terms that are in the zeitgeist now that uh-huh. weren't when I was 15 or 16 years old yeah. if that has changed the way teenagers look at how they are sexually involved with each other you know I yeah. wonder I mean I think it has because I feel like just like even like book smart like they're supposed to be high school seniors in the movie but like all those kids are fluid as hell like that was not mm-hmm. the thing when yeah, I was, are all I the kids her. just gay now? I you think, think? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I can't ask it. a kid this question. That's weird. You can't ask them this. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. I would just like to know but, what the politics are yeah. in the hallways. Well, maybe. Or, I think maybe uh, kids. Oh, oh, somebody's calling me. Hang on, sorry. Do you think? Uh, you need to answer it? No, I didn't answer. It like, <laughs> wouldn't go off. Ugh. Courtney, stop calling me. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say, no, I, yeah, honestly, I would... I think, yeah, I feel like kids probably just read more. I think that that may be just it. Like, they, they read more and they have better yeah. understanding <laughs> of like the world. Like, like having sex isn't the end all be all. Like it's it's you know like if if that's what you want to do and it's consensual and you choose to do it, then okay, girl, do what you got to do. Huh. Well, good for the teens. Yeah. This movie this didn't depict that. This movie was no, like good old fashioned. This movie sex was shaming. also written in 2015. Like we were fresh out of high school in 2015 by a 35 year old man. Yeah, and that too. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so she has sex the first time, loses her virginity, and there's nothing but consequences. Jason's character does a 180 on her, never talks to her again. And she just kind of spirals out, and she ends up, like, going to, like, try and have sex with a much older man that she met at a club she wasn't Mm -hmm. supposed to be at. And she lied about her age. Um, She's 17 in the movie. He asked her how old she was at the bar. She said 20, which yeah. confused me because the bartender was an earshot and he had just served her a shot of Henny. So yeah. <laughs> like the bartender should have been like, girl, you what? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I could lose my license. That should have been yeah. the conversation. But this man yeah. had much more nefarious intentions um, mm-hmm. when she meets up with him to, you know, like hook up or she's clearly spiraling and she's clearly like expressing her trauma through hypersexuality, which is yeah. very much a legitimate response to trauma. And it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And in movies like this do the bad thing, which is shame and um, like blame the victim for yeah. having like for taking sexual risks when mm-hmm. that's not the case. Um it's there are more things at play so she does end up being like assaulted by a group of men instead mm-hmm. of having consensual even though barely, not really barely consensual because she's, she's not of age. age yeah yeah so. um instead of having the agreed upon hookup with this man he has like 
it's like a bait and switch. And this is where the yeah. movie spirals out of fucking control. Out of control. Because... And that's when I said, I said, what the fuck? Are they like, are you serious? This is this is the this is what you wanted us to see. This. Yep. This is it. The, this is not the last scene of the movie, but it is my last note that I took of the movie. I stopped taking notes at this point because I said an, a, another another sexual assault in this movie for what? And my note says, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Now I'm deciding the whole movie's trash. And this is where I threw the movie away. I finished the movie, but I threw it away. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I decide after that scene, and then it gets even worse because, again, we still never really find out who Grace is and what a girl like Grace even means. But then we also mm -hmm. see, they show us how her best friend uh, commits suicide. And it was unnecessary. We mm -hmm. already know what happened. Didn't need that. Didn't need yeah. to see Did not need that. that. We we know it. Like I, we, she, her friend is now deceased. We know why she is, but there's no point of you adding. And it was a long scene. It was like five minutes of us yeah. watching her do this. And, and it was like, cut between what what pushed Grace over the edge was. So Raven Simone is the like head bully, the head mean girl, yeah. and she was bullying publicly bullying the best friend, mm -hmm. but privately her and the best friend was We're diking together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the best friend was like, you know, the depressed and suicidal. So yeah. she died and it just was, if you're going to, we're talking about really terrible, heavy things. And if you're going to write this in your stupid fucking movie, mm -hmm. make it worth something, make it count. It's, it's okay. literally like, you remember that episode of The Office when Michael was in improv and he just made every scene <laughs> a gun scene? Like, yeah. he just came into every scene and was like, a gun! Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it loses its punch mm -hmm. and it pisses everybody off. And of course, in improv, it's just funny if someone has a finger gun. But yeah. in a real movie, if every, if the answer to everything is guns, then the, the violence is too much. And here, if the answer to everything is deep, like desperate and terrible life situations, mm -hmm. then it just wears people out. Wears you down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we even want to go into how the movie ends? So Grace tells Megan Good what happened I forgot. to her. Yeah. <laughs> Megan then she shows up with a gun and she is going to kill all of these men who have assaulted Grace. Who are um, for some reason still at the hotel. At the at motel. The yeah. And they're all in there. And then they're all in like bathrobes, which is weird. Um, I don't know. Strange. Strange. Uh, Megan Good then gets arrested. The cops are called. No one is killed. Grace runs back home because she is again traumatized from seeing uh, these men who assaulted her once again, and then now being involved in the shootout. Um, and she goes home, cries to her mom when the credits roll. And that's the end of the movie. I wish I wish I could have got that 90 minutes back. Yeah. Typically, so the problem I'm like, I've explained the problems with the movie and why I felt this way. But the reason why I don't typically express just unbridled hatred for a movie, mm -hmm. um, especially black movies, is because I feel that there is there's an inherent quality Right. That that happens when a black filmmaker tells a black story. There's just the authenticity of it. It's mm -hmm. it adds inherent value. Yes. You understand? And typically that's enough to keep a movie from being terrible. Right. You know? Right. 
because the story matters. Mm -hmm. This story doesn't matter. No. This story didn't mean anything. And it wasn't That's why handled, I don't like it. Yeah. It wasn't handled with care. Uh, this this could have been yeah. if this story were to be told and directed by a black woman. Um, mm -hmm. I think we would have had a different end result, honestly, because this was really this was if, told from the lens of a man who just assumed that this is what black girlhood and like it's what it looks like and think mm -hmm. lots of black girls go through traumatic experiences and they really do suck but there's a way to handle that and show it with some decency and mm -hmm. to, to give some grace to the character you know so yeah and i think you're absolutely right if a black woman had made this movie, it would have come out better because certain decisions wouldn't have been made. Yeah. But even if this were an autobiographical story and a black woman made this exact movie, like shot scene for scene, shot this exact movie, yeah, the inherent value would go up. Yeah, because the story would be truer. Yeah, and also Ty Hodges's character wouldn't be in it. Would not be that. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> And Raven and, Simone would maybe you know, be like, I don't know, a school counselor instead of a high schooler. Yeah. And <laughs> like the the same way when we watched I'm in Love with the Church Girl, you know, that was Gally Molina's story. And while mm -hmm. I don't think the movie followed a good enough script um formula, yeah. Like the pacing of a story. It, you could tell he meant it. <laughs> right, right. So that's, it It means something. So right. when you make some bullshit like this just to fucking stand on your soapbox and shame women and berate mm -hmm. people, this is, this berated. No one was vocally saying sex bad. <laughs> sex bad. Right. Uh, pray to Jesus. Unlike, you know, I'm in love with the church girl, which is right. very heavy handed on the preaching. Yeah. But, it was, it was, I was non-verbally berated yes, by watching we this movie. We were. And it was bad. And it, you did not, you did not fulfill the role of a director in this movie. And uh, it doesn't mean you never can. It just means that this one wasn't it. This wasn't and it. the best thing that I can hope for is that Ty Hodges has looked back on this and feels like, like it, that it missed the mark. Cause right. I would, I would be even madder if I saw <laughs> that he stood by this. Ooh, I'm gonna see if I can find some interviews and what he has to say about this movie with the boogeyman. Maybe so. Say. so. Yeah. You know, one of the, I guess we can go ahead and wrap up. Who came to act? Yeah, let's get into the awards. Um, this will be quick this week. Uh, this week's who came to act <laughs> nominee. I'll <laughs> get right into it. None, none of the fluff. None of the fluff. Um, I would like to nominate Ryan Destiny. Uh, no matter how much we did not like this movie, she carried it. Uh, it, it was just, it was her acting that that kept it going. That kept me watching at least. And her being in the movie was what made me even want to click on the title on Netflix. So mm -hmm. uh, Ryan, I'm a fan of yours. I'm still mad that Star was canceled. I will get on my soapbox and say that as many times as possible. <laughs> but uh, this week, sis, you get the Who Came to Act Award. And I think you have a you have a great and bright future ahead. So, Yeah, I accept yeah. that. I'm a big fan of Miss Destiny as well. Um, 
I thought Garcelle did good too, but I'm just attracted to her. So yeah, I didn't really like Garcelle's um, performance. I thought it was over. It was I too much. Too. <laughs> and so I mean, I think that was director's fault, not hers. Mm, probably. Uh, all right. Nothing else here. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> um, watch something nice and fun after this if you are yeah. going to tune in. Uh, go watch an episode of Bob's Burgers or something. Yeah, watch or Bite Girlfriends. Things. Go or watch girl, an episode watch, of watch Girlfriends. Friends. Yes, get get some good TV after this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up. We'll see y'all next week. See y'all. Thanks for listening. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, if you see seeing five stars right now, just click all of them for us. Feel free to join in on the conversation. You can find us on Twitter at TNCCPod. And check us out on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit. And that's spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N. Girl, I never, I never Google these movies until we start talking about them. And now I'm looking up who Ty Hodges is. You know, he's the boogeyman from Don't Look Under the Bed, right? That's it. All made sense. All right. I'm ready to He's the boogeyman. That was my first note. The boogeyman wrote this. And that's when I knew it wasn't going to be what I thought. Please say that on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay.